Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by the Times of London. Hello, I'm Stuart Willey. Today, a shift in tone as Israel's allies call for a sustainable ceasefire. Benjamin Netanyahu hints more negotiations are underway. The army in Israel is investigating after the killing of three young Israeli men. They were hostages who'd survived more than two months being held by Hamas. But just a few hundred feet from safety, the men, bare-chested, holding a white flag, were shot dead. Not by their captors, but by their would-be rescuers, Israeli soldiers. But how could this happen? We heard from the Times contributor, Anshul Pfeffer. In the earlier stages of the war, I spoke to officers operating in that area who said, we're constantly looking for hostages, we're hoping. We're talking about an incident that happened in northern Gaza, around Gaza City. But the intelligence assessment in the last few weeks has been that hostages were all taken south, or most of them were taken south. And the chances of, of, of finding a hostage in the north, where they were, were pretty small. And therefore, it wasn't part of their operational guidance. And I think that's also one of the big failures here, that they, that they simply weren't on the lookout for hostages. As the reported number of Palestinians killed goes over 19,000, the killing of these three hostages has raised questions over the repeated statement by Israel's military that they take extreme precautions to avoid civilian casualties. There's been a shift in tone from Israel's allies. Earlier, President Biden urging the IDF to be more careful. Today, France's foreign minister is in Israel asking for an immediate and durable truce. The foreign ministers of Germany and Britain have joined forces to say too many civilians have been killed. It's a marked change. They're now calling for a sustainable ceasefire. The two leaders write in the Sunday Times today, arguing the need for peace is urgent. They also criticise hateful acts of Israeli settlers who, beyond Gaza, have driven Palestinians from their homes. As anger in Israel over the deaths of hostages increases, there were more protests last night in Tel Aviv. Some families of hostages have pitched tents outside an army base. They say they'll sleep there until there's a deal. At a press conference, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was asked about new negotiations to recover the hostages. 
He says we are working with Qatar and Egypt, adding we have serious criticisms of Qatar, about which you'll hear in due course, but right now we are trying to complete the recovery of our hostages. So a hint there that negotiations may be underway again. But there's a dilemma. As calls for a ceasefire grow, Mr Netanyahu says continuing the war is the only way to free the hostages. There's been disruption to shipping in the Red Sea between North Africa and the Middle East this weekend after attacks on ships on this crucial artery of the world's supply chains. Two of the world's biggest shipping companies have paused their journeys, avoiding a strait off the coast of Yemen that leads to the Suez Canal, through which almost a third of global container traffic moves. It's also a key route for moving oil and fuel. The attacks by drones and missiles have come from the Houthi group that controls much of Yemen. They say the attacks will continue until Israel stops its offensive in Gaza. The Iran-backed group also says it's only targeting ships heading for Israel. The navies of Britain and the US have downed drones this weekend and are patrolling. But if this artery seizes up, it could mean higher gas prices and more supply chain woes for all of us. Around the world, countries are grappling with the threat social media poses to young people. Here in Britain, a law enforcement agency has warned parents Facebook is less safe after it announced messages between users will be encrypted. A government minister told The Times it was morally reprehensible. The NCA, or National Crime Agency, claimed the change could allow child abusers to groom kids and mean police would be alerted to fewer cases. Ben Ellery covered the story for The Times and told us just how vital social media messaging is to catching pedophiles. I think they estimate something like between 40 and 50 percent of referrals that they get on this issue come from from Meta, which owns uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. And they believe that by Facebook and Instagram turning on this encryption feature, they are going to see a a 92 percent drop in uh, referrals uh, from Facebook and an 85% drop from Instagram. So they sort of liken it to, you know, turning off a tap. They are suddenly going to be losing, I believe, uh, thousands of referrals every year. Facebook says users have to be at least 13 to sign up to the site, but there's really no effective age verification, and child groomers essentially masquerade as children to find their victims. With Meta being accused of putting profits over children's safety, Ben told us how the company has responded. They say that um, it means that hackers and fraudsters and criminals aren't able to access these messages and and therefore you know this is um this is helping protect people they claim that um they are introducing measures safety measures which are going to help children if they feel like they are being groomed um the nca say that when they've asked for details about these measures the, 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 there hasn't been much detail. The NCA now advising parents to think very carefully about allowing their children on the platform. While social media can be a dangerous place for young people, for some of sport's greatest athletes, it's a place to build and even monetize their personal brand. And it's those personal brands and the mega wealth that can come along with them that means the huge stars are now the ones holding all the power. 
The Times reporter Tom Kershaw has been investigating how the eye-watering amounts of money in sport now means the very top players can control their sporting lives. The baseball phenomenon Shohei Otani signed a record contract with the LA Dodgers worth $700 million. Soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo could be earning more than $200 million a year in Saudi Arabia. And recently, the Spanish golfer John Rahm surprised many with a switch from the PGA Tour to the Saudi Live Tournament for $300 million. Now, some of those top names get equity in the leagues, revenue share or franchise agreements. Other players are left out in the cold. One sports expert warned, you can't say no player is bigger than the team anymore, with athletes' brands in their own right, and with a direct line to millions of followers through social media. It's been a television blockbuster, but this week, The Crown bid a royal farewell. That was the final scene of the show, and a touching tribute to the late Queen Elizabeth II. The Times columnist Carol Midgley has been reviewing the final season and sat down with my colleague Amy Gill. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. Hi Carol, thank you so much for joining us at The World in 10. So firstly, what did you think of the final part of The Crown? Um, I thought that the, because obviously it picked up straight after the death of Diana, you know, you'd think that the that the, the grief of, of the two boys, the two princes would be very moving dramatically, but somehow it's quite dull. Having said that, there were other episodes um, in the best of series that I thought were well, one particular episode was brilliant, which was um, the one with Princess Margaret and um, suffering her various strokes, scalding her legs in the bath um, when she was a mystique, and her kind of decline um, whilst raging against the dying of the light, just not wanting to give up smoking, not wanting to give up partying and drinking, but just kind of disintegrating in front of our eyes. I thought Leslie Manville was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I thought the final episode, the final ever, ever episode was really nicely done um, in the way that they said goodbye to the Queen. Mm, it was definitely a very moving tribute. And and what is what is the Crown's legacy in terms of, you know, how people now view the royal family? The, the royal family was always seen as a, well, certainly since the 1980s, as a bit of a soap opera. And I think the Crown has reinforced that sense of it being a soap opera. I mean, this is just a very lush, posh soap opera, isn't it? But at the same time, the other legacy is I think it's really humanised the royals. Um, it's shown them, it's shown us them with their flaws, um, with their vulnerabilities, with the dysfunctionality of, you know, the, the, the children have to live the, the kind of dysfunctional lives whilst at the same time, obviously, immense privilege. Well, Carol, thanks again for joining us. And thank you for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.